a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Hangtown Motocross Review. Yeah, the outdoors, it's back, and uh, we're excited to uh, to talk about each and every week, recap the race, and uh, give you guys a little uh, peek behind the curtain, because we know a guy or two who's involved in a TV show. Uh, flyracing.com, please go there. Weston Pike made his return in fly racing this weekend, and just crushed it uh, with very little bit of time on the bike, and he used fly racing helmet, fly racing gloves, pants, jersey, all that. Flyracing.com, please check them out. Uh, 2017.5 Kinetic Mesh Gear is out now the stuff you saw on Daytona, and we appreciate the folks at Fly Racing for uh, coming on. Also brought to you, uh, presented by Alpine Star, whether it's the uh, Tech Carbon uh, neck support, the A1 Roost Guard, a- Alpine Stars protects. Please check them out at alpinestars.com. Uh, they got a cool knee brace going on as well, and uh, we thank those folks. And, and also, too, we went through the first weekend with the NBC Gold app. I got mostly rave reviews of free people who are very, very upset for uh, having to pay for something that they used to get for free on the internet. But you know what? You could rescue a puppy and people would be upset. Well, maybe not Wygant, but some people. There's a new way to watch the entire Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships live and commercial free. The NBC Sports Gold app, people. Non-stop racing, qualifiers, motos, every battle, every crash, every moto. Cable TV subscription is not required. Go to NBCSportsGold.com and uh, check that out and grab it and watch the Nationals online. The only way to watch them online. I just bought mine today, this morning, everybody. No code. Not at all. All right, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line to discuss Hangtown and more is uh, Fly Racing Zone Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? So much. Just uh, back in Idaho after... uh Man, hot weekend. It was. Uh, I felt like I was out there racing on uh, last night, leaving the track. Yeah, it was a tough one to open with. It was a tough one. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of part of the theme of my article. Is uh, usually you get a little bit of a, you know, a little kind of a starter loop, if you will, into the series at Hangtown. Uh, last year was actually pretty cold, um, but man, it was. Uh, they put put their feet to the fire right out of the gate this year. Also on the line, he's the voice of Lucas Oil, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series. He's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah. How'd the broadcast go for you? That's pretty good. Um, I, I honestly, if I think back to Hangtown every year, I think it's probably not perfect in my mind as I'm doing it because technically I haven't done this in whatever it would be, eight months. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think when you watch the show, you can't really notice the difference. I think all three of us, the two GLs and myself, would probably be like, uh, that was tough. But probably comes across normal. 
So, uh, no, I'll take it. It's still the best job you could possibly, possibly have. I get paid to watch the races on TV and talk about them. You, uh, I like the confidence where you're like, ah, I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was great. I had no, it was the first race of the year that I called, but I'm sure it was great. I just mean that if you watch a show where I'm like, hmm, that, I could have done better, and a show where I'm like, we did pretty good, when you watch them back, when I watch them back, I don't notice any difference. So that either means my bad ones are, my good ones aren't that good, or my bad ones aren't that bad. But it's not like I notice any difference when I watch them back. But when I'm doing it, I'm like, ooh, this is, got to get back in the swing of it here. Uh, got an email in from uh, Ram Raminar. Uh, Dear Steve, do I have any lipstick on my teeth? I just want to make sure I look good before ProMotocross.com rips me poo-hole to goo-hole with their NBC Sports package. Am I overreacting? I feel like this is just their way of sucking every last penny they can out of people like myself. I don't care if there's ads. This guy's really upset about the NBC Gold app. Um, I thought it worked great. I watched it, I watched most of the motos today. Uh, I heard some people were very excited to watch it. It's a way to watch the motos if you don't have a cable, which happens more and more. But it's still on TV, Ramir. You can still do it that way. God, these people. You know? It's like, it's like I said, Wygant. They complain about, you know... Having a puppy. I would. I would complain about having a puppy, for yeah, sure. Besides you. I would complain about having a puppy. Look, I'm not going to – I don't – it wasn't my I, – I just worked for them. I wasn't in the meetings or why they decided to do this or not. Uh, I think it's fine. I'm cheap. 50 bucks if you're super into it. Doesn't seem that crazy. Although I'm cheap, if it were me, 1999, and I was still just a fan, I'm, I would have done it. Uh, but – but whatever, I can't endorse it either way. I'm just, I'm just along <laughs> for the ride. Because I did have some people ask on Twitter, like, how do you think this is going to grow the sport? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, it's not my department. I don't know if it's going to grow the sport or not. I wasn't in the planning sessions. I, I got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but I actually thought it'd be like World War III level crisis when people realize that you can't watch it for free the old way on the web. You can still watch it on television. I think we cannot remind enough. It is still on TV, just yes. like always. I did think most people would be confused and think I can choose it on the app commercial-free or I can still do it the old way without paying. And I'm like, when people really realize that on Saturday, it's going to be lethal. Uh, but I didn't see that much chatter. You know, obviously a few disgruntled people, and I get it. I, I, something that was free becomes 50 bucks. People are going to be mad. I'm, I'm, I understand. I thought it was going to be worse. Oh. Yeah, no, I think it's fine. I you know, baseball, hockey, basketball, they all have packages that you can pay to watch all the teams if you want. And then, then they're also on TV as well. And I think those sports have grown just fine. MotoGP has grown just fine. And, and MXGP over in Europe, they're, they're also doing fine, and they have the same kind of deal. So, Yeah, and I mentioned this, I think, last week, but the one point they did tell me was that they did purposely make the price less than all of those other things. It's less than MotoGP, it's less than F1, it's less than the Grand Prix motocross. Uh, and, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. You can pay money to watch your favorite baseball team online, right? That doesn't come free either? No. No, you pay. I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't do it, but I would imagine that. So, unfortunately, it's just the way the world's going, really. That's, that's probably the bigger problem. Um, ran into a lot of listeners this weekend, both of the Pulp Show and this stuff, you know, mostly – it's the same kind of clientele. Ran into a lot of guys this weekend in Hangtown. Big fans of the podcast. One guy told me that us three, and he says it's never as good when us three, one of us three, aren't on the phone 
or doing this. It's never as good. Us three, he said, make magic. He used those words. I think there's uh, one logical conclusion. Mm. I I appreciate that. And there's only one way to go with this, Steve. $50. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's start charging. Right. I agree. Yes. $50 if you want magic. (laughs) I like that. Let's do it. Um, Okay. Uh, all right, let's get into Hangtown. Let's talk all Hangtown. Let's get right into it. Opening round of the Nationals is here. Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by A-Stars Protect. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Go get that NBC Gold app and all that. And uh, all right, so, you know, we did our preview, and we all thought Eli Tomek was going to win. And he did win. He went 1-1. But there's talk of 24-0 and all this, and we all put his moto win record as pretty high. But I think we saw this weekend. How 24 and 0 could could go by the wayside? Like he took a while to get going. He didn't get the greatest start. It was late in the moto when Marvin when Marvin you know fought him a little bit. So now having said that, once he got by Marv, he pulled out quickly. But um, I'll start with you, JT. Uh, he crushed it. He was as good as we thought, maybe better. But that's why 24 and 0 is so hard. Yeah, I mean he was obviously really good. Um, I, you know, the, the second moto, I have to be honest, I was getting a little nervous. Um, he didn't have a real sense of urgency at all. And it, would, it was going to go one of two ways. It was either because he couldn't really do much or it, he was that confident. And excuse me, um, I was waiting to see how that played out because I couldn't really tell. I was like, is, is he so confident that he's not panicking yet? Because those guys were getting away. Josh Grant and Marvin were both uh, had a pretty good pace and had a pretty good lead. But it goes to show where Eli's head is at because it was like he kind of dropped the hammer a little bit. It was almost uh, Rocky Four where he's fighting Apollo and the, the coach finally says go, you know, and he all, all of a sudden he just started dropping two seconds a lap. He went, uh, he went, you know, into that 211 or, or even, I think it was from 213 to 211. And here he comes. And the lead evaporated in a hurry. And, you know, he got in a little cat and mouse with Marvin, but I don't think there was any – any rushing on his part, I think he would just kind of wait and Marvin out. But, man, he, uh, he seems like his head's in a good place. And unless he really screws up, these guys are going to have a hard time beating him. I asked him after the race. So I also was worried about him. Not worried. I don't really care. But I was uh, thinking he wasn't getting up there as quick as I thought or would like or that yep. Kawasaki would like. And I said to him, so was it a clear track or was it kind of finding some lines? You know, that because his second moto, the last moto of the day is his second moto. Track changes. It's gnarly rough. And uh, yeah. he kind of really didn't answer it that much. He didn't really say. He said a little bit of both, I think. Uh, he said he just had to get comfortable. And the bike setup, they made it. Hey, Eli, you crushed it in the first moto. But, yeah, let's make a bike setup change uh, for the second. And he said it was the wrong direction. So he had to get used to that a little bit um, before he did it all. But, Weege, were you at the press conference? Yeah. Okay, two questions. One, why was Grant wearing sunglasses the whole time? That's my first question. Never took them off. Yeah. Good question. I, I, it was a strong look, though, I felt. It was, I felt it was a strong look. It, it, was, it, was, it was in the tent, and he never took, his, uh, never took his glasses off. Anyways, the second question I had, Weege, did I, see, did I see a bit of an eye roll or a bit of a smile or a smirk from Eli when Marv was saying about what a battle it was? Like, as if Eli was like, yeah, you were kind of, you know, 
moving all over the place a little bit, and I, you know, I immediately I dropped you as soon as I got by you. Kind of look? No. Okay. No, because I even came back and asked both of them to talk about the battle a little bit. And I felt Tom actually spoke in it. Said, yeah, it was tough. Took a lot of effort. Took a lot of energy. Yeah, that was publicly. I really but, had to dig deep to get them. But, but. Um, oh, okay. All right. No, no, because it's true. Like, I started to have minor flashbacks to some of the stuff that Marvin worked on, worked Cooper Webb over with two years ago, you know. It wasn't blatantly. I think what he was doing to Webb was even more going from one side of the track to the other. But this had elements of him riding very defensively. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I didn't feel like Tomac at all. Okay. Uh, either disrespected the challenge that he put up, or had it was offended by some of the techniques. So that's that's fake I didn't, news. I didn't get that bothered. Fake all. fake news by me. It's fake news. Um, I, I would, yeah, but I will I give you one. I will give you one scoop. Were you there to the end of it? Uh, not to the end. Nope. Oh, so you missed this. So um, uh, it was a press conference hosted by uh, our buddy Jimmy Albertson. So mm-hmm. he asked them, you just want to give some reaction to Ryan Dungey retiring and not being part of the series because it really hadn't heard either of those three guys say anything. So Marvin, obviously, super tight with Dunge. He said good things. Tell Max said, yeah, he's a tough competitor. And then, but Grant's answer was, I'm happy with it. Well, that's all right, though. That's fine. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, like, yeah. He's entitled to say that. Yeah, right, I thought it was right. funny. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, JT. <laughs> no, I was, uh, was going to say, I could understand Eli um, if he had rolled his eyes because, man, Marvin, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Really here we reason. go. Here we no, go. I don't, I don't really have a reason to be upset with it because it doesn't affect me. But, it, man, when I watch it, I'm just kind of like, Marv, like, what are you doing? Like, just, just race. Like, I don't know. It gets a little uh, – as a former racer, I would be pretty frustrated if I was Eli because Eli's trying to keep it clean. Like, he's, he's he he had a couple of opportunities to really just blast him. He did, yeah. And he, che- he checked up. And it's kind of like, all right, Marvel, I don't want to take you out here. I don't want to hit you really hard, but you're starting to piss me off a little bit here. You know, every time I make a move, you're, you kind of run me wide or do something, you know. But – that you don't have to. Yeah. And I, I know Marvin's racing, but at the yeah. same time, there's kind of an etiquette, and Marvin pushes the envelope a little bit at times. Um, so I, I could, all I'm saying is I could see if, if Eli had rolled his eyes, I could have understood it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, almost head shake little thing. I don't know. Maybe not. I guess. Yeah, no, no. I, all I'm saying is I could have understood it if he did. If he um, didn't, no problem. Right. If he did, I can understand why. Uh, Marv put up a. Marv was significantly better than everybody else, more than I thought. Do you agree, Weege? Josh Grant rode great. We'll get to him in a second. But Marv was uh, Marv was pretty good. Yeah, he was definitely the second best guy, and not just in the results column, but I think some of the other dudes we expected to maybe be in the hunt, uh, they're not quite there yet. You know, it's early to say that it's over. Oh, but yeah, we, no, no, for sure. We, but, but, but for sure, the guys that we thought might be on Marvin's level, Baggett, uh, Webb, Anderson, they didn't either have the chance to show what they had or what they did show wasn't quite as good as Marvin yet. So, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. um, he was the, the second best guy. Grant had, for sure, some moments of glory there, especially in that second moto, but I think you could tell the track was so brutal it was so hot. I mean, he just wasn't going to be able to do that all the way to the finish. Uh, Marvin was going to get him eventually, and he did. So, yeah, yeah, he was the second-best guy. We'll see if that yeah. maintains that way. I, I thought that second moto, 
the way the first moto went, I'm like, this is what everyone's afraid of. I mean, there was no problem. Tomac started behind everyone and immediately passed them and immediately left and immediately checked out, crashed, still had a big lead. Um, that second moto was more of a challenge. That was about as competitive as you could possibly hope for it to be. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. what that ended up being. So good on Marv. Yes, I agree with JT. He was definitely riding defensively, and I'm sure that would get annoying if you're dealing with it. But still, I don't think after the first moto, if you quizzed anyone in the fence and said it's going to take the 27 minutes for Tomac to wrestle the lead away from Marvin, and even it's going to take two laps to make the pass stick, I don't believe most people would have believed that was going to happen. The, ultim- the, the ultimate stat is sort of uh, the seconds that Tomac pulled away from Marv once he got by. Like, Marv gave him a hell of a run. Eli's, Marv didn't pick up his times. Eli's times dropped. It went higher to match Marv's speed, you know, so he was being held up from his previous pace. And then once he got by him, he dropped Marv. And so that's the point where JT says the etiquette comes in. But I'm also, I'm often on the fence of like, hey, man, they're all racing. You know, whatever you can do. If you, if you ride defensively and it's near late, it's into the moto, like I get it if it's second lap or something, but it's near the end of the moto, you ride defensively. You you ride your your nuts off. You're a little little wide. You you ride you ride a wide bike, but then Tomac tips over, hits your back tire, and tips over. Not from a brake check, but you know from a legitimate thing. Then you win. You know, so I see both sides. I'm not mad. I'm not mad about yeah. it. I'm just saying, if Eli was frustrated, I could understand why. That's all. Um, you know, there were there were just a couple moments in there where I was like, all right, Marv, like all right, all right, like. He's gonna get by you, you know. And kudos for him for fighting. Like I, I'm not, I'm not chastising for that by any means. Um, I could just understand Eli's frustration if he was. Well, you used the one term- thing I want to say. There's been plenty of battles like that through the years, and I, I always try to tip the hat to the guy who not not if he takes somebody out or blocked them or ran into them. That's ridiculous. But there are times like that. Okay, so where Tomac finally made the pass was he went outside in the turn after the big jump that no one jumped right. He had to go through that turn, Mach 12, to pull off the pass. So I've seen a lot of times in that situation where it's like the dude's frustrated. He finally gets an opening. He knows he needs to kill this jump or kill these whoops or kill this turn to finally make the pass stick. And because he has to go rush it, he crashes. I've seen it happen before, not with Tomac, but other guys. And I'm like, see, that's why you fight the dude for a lap and a half because there's a chance when he has to blitz some section to pass you he goes down and you win the moto. Yeah. So you know what I, sometimes it gets rewarded, and not just because you ran into him or knocked him off the track, just because yeah. he had to try really hard to pass you, and he screwed up. You know, the guys were doubling yeah. off that downhill, uh, that downhill double, and Tomac wasn't doubling it for some reason when he got behind Marv. He was the first guy to double it that I saw in the first moto all day. Uh, and then he wasn't doubling it behind Marv, almost like he didn't know what Marv was doing, and that was costing him that split, that was costing him whatever, two, three-tenths, and when he made the pass, he doubled it right behind Marv, and that allowed him to carry the speed and scrub and get by Marv. And one of those things where you're like, man, you got to jump that. Marv's jumping it. Like, I don't know if he was just wigged out or maybe his approach was off coming up to it or whatever. But um, JT, or uh, Weege, you, you you talked about the jump that no one jumped. Um, yeah. That was dumb. Like, that was a fly 150 jump. You got to fly through the air on that thing. I don't understand. Like, uh, Tomac said the corner was too soft, the ramp was too steep to jump it. Obviously, Grant crashed in press day, but there was a pretty big headwind from what I'm saying. But that's an epic fail by the track designers, track builders. Like, 
jump that thing. I even was told uh, Mike Williamson grabbed me at the end of the day. So I'll, I'll take the grievances for the $50 that NBC Sports is charging. I'll also take all track grievances. It's all fall under my jurisdiction. He's like, hey, why are they changing jumps between motos? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in a TV truck. So I guess um, after the first moto, John Ayers drove up to Eli and said, what do we need to do to change that jump to make it jumpable? So I guess they even tried to change oh, it. Oh, they radically changed work. it. No, they radically changed it. Yeah. I, I yeah. watched them, and, but yeah. I shook my head at that. I tweeted about it because I'm like, oh. you can't do that. You can't do that before a moto. Like, I mean, yeah, you get a parade lap, but so they changed the face. It, it made it the same. It didn't do anything as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't even know. I just... They built it quickly, and I'm just like, wow. I don't, I, I don't agree with the putting the face up there to help the guys jump it in the race for the first time. Jump 150 foot jump in a race for the first time. Wow. Okay, that's weird. And then second of all, it didn't even work anyways. But so they got to be smarter, JT. Whoever's built that on during the week, they, they you got to be able to clear it. Yeah, and you know, I feel like when you go in the through press day, and only one guy tries it, and he comes up short and crashes his brains out, then you've got to make some significant changes between Thursday and Saturday. And those didn't happen, and yeah, it's it's unfortunate because that was a... I don't know how fun it is for the riders, but it's definitely cool for the spectators, and obviously has a, you know, it's the signature jump at Hangtown now, and uh, didn't really <laughs> play a role at all. It was the Fly Scrub 150. Yeah, just it's a bummer. I mean, I, I would have thought they w- could have found a way to get that dialed in. You know, it has been dialed in the last couple of years, and like what, for whatever reason, it just didn't. <laughs> but but it's very odd why it wasn't. Like, I don't understand it. It worked before. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, Nobody knows how to I'm build a face. To, right? I'm trying not to lay blame because I don't know. I don't know the backstory, and I don't know where to lay blame. It's just unfortunate it didn't wow. work out, I guess, at this point. Um. Yeah, and then try to change it between motos in between, you know, like what? Why would you do that? Why would you want guys to come around on the first set and be like, "Hey, I haven't hit this 150 foot jump all day. Here I go." Right? Like, does anybody agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they uh, work think, on the track a lot. I so I don't know how often, how much changes uh, in general. I mean, there's always track maintenance in general, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Is that drastically different? I, I think it's I think, changed all the time. Yeah, I think do, trying to make a ramp so you can do a 150-foot jump uh, for the first time in a second moto is something that should not be changed. I would probably agree with that, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyways. I see your point. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I do see that point. Absolutely, that sounds terrible. Yes. But at the same time, there are times in a race where a dude doesn't jump in practice and then five laps into the moto decides to pull the trigger and no one says that's unsafe. So... Well, that yeah, but that's on. To say like we know you didn't jump in, in practice, we know you didn't jump in, in the first moto, but you can jump in, in the second moto. Well, that type of thing has happened before, even without changing the jump. So it's not quite as insane as maybe it sounds at first blush. But I agree, yeah, it's it's a little too late by then. Um, like if watching you can get it right in practice, it's done. Like remember AC jumped it a couple years ago, a couple times. People went nuts. They lost their minds. It was great. It was cool. Guy in a 250F airing it out. Although he told me it was mm-hmm. it was 45 pounds ago. That's what <laughs> I said. Why don't you jump in it, bro? <laughs> Um, hey, so, uh, Grant, uh, lead laps, 3-3, next week, Glen Helen, the week after Thunder Valley. He might be on the podium the next two races, too, JT. Yeah, he looked good. You know, the, the interesting thing was, he wasn't, uh, you didn't answer, he didn't get third. You didn't, you didn't answer my question, though. You didn't, you're not, we're not making magic. You didn't, well, 
I'm I'm getting to your question with Josh Grant, right? I don't know. Are you? Are you getting there? Yeah. Well, I'm okay. trying to. If you let me talk, I can't. Okay. I, I'm trying to work around to an answer. But when you want to interject yourself into my answer, wow. Uh, I, I can't. Can you? Can he pull? Would you, would you like to answer your own question? That way, you can just get uh, right to it. You're the expert. I'm trying to get. You know, I. Do you think he can podium the next two races? I do. Yeah. Um, but the way I was going to answer that okay. is, I don't think that he was necessarily the third best guy because of his riding ability. Mm-hmm. I just think he he wasn't quite as fit as Marvin uh, because I didn't see any reason that he shouldn't have been able to beat Marvin in that second moto, other than he just didn't have the strength Marvin did. He didn't have uh, he didn't have 35 minutes at that pace, you know. So, um, so I think he can get the podium. Absolutely, I do. I didn't see anybody that other than maybe Baggett, who seemed to have an off day, um, that was really ready to battle with those guys. But man, could you imagine if he was as strong as those other two? I, I, he was every bit as fast as those guys for the first 15 minutes. You know, he he, he made the podium in uh, in Vegas for the first time in four years. This podium was his first in three outdoors. Was that correct? Three? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Um yeah. and when you when you hear him talk, he he really credits like getting the ankles fixed. Just being able to have good ankles again and and, and all that. So I, I always think that that's something we overlook with these guys, you know. He couldn't train that much, he couldn't ride that much, ankles were just shot and uh got him fixed last year. Remember he, he pulled the pin on the outdoors after high point and basically cause Kawasaki told him to. Hey, go get ready for Supercross. And he was done and got the ankles fixed, got a contract, got the ankles fixed, and there he goes. So It's crazy to me, because to, in this day and age, um, with Baker program and Tomac such an animal, and um, it just seems like the days of, of crazy training and fitness and everything are back. And it's not a slight at Josh, but when I look at him, he doesn't, he's not rail thin like Marvin and Dungey and, and Roxon even and these guys. You know, he, he just looks like, kind of a normal guy, you know, he, not, not heavy, not super thin, not a uh, crazy athletic or, you know, really built or anything. He just looks like a normal guy, but holy cow, can he ride a motorcycle fast? And obviously he's fit, you know, he went three, three yesterday. Um, but it, it's just funny to me when I see him, he just looks, he looks normal. And then I look at Marvin and I look at everybody he's racing against and they look like, you know, they're, insanely fit, you know, but obviously all of them are on the same kind of fitness level. It's just, uh, it's just an interesting observation I had. Well, I think, I think you could say that for his whole career, if he had taken things. He's always been like that. Yeah. He's always been like that. If he had taken things a little more serious, his whole career with his, the talent, and we've always talked about it for years now, God, the guy's 30, you know, that kind of struck me too. Somebody somebody said he was 30. Of course. You can't get third in the supercross. You can't get three, three at a 90 plus degree race. And go three three. I, you just can't without training your ass off. I'm just saying, from the outside, you look at him and he doesn't look the same. He will do, if you just saw him at a mall, you wouldn't know it any in any way with your professional athlete. Where you see Dungey and he's on like the you know these uh, yeah their Sports Illustrated body issue and stuff. You know, like it's just so crazy the difference. Um, but man, he's out there killing it. It's just it was just an observation. That it doesn't mean anything. It's just interesting. That uh, kind of what Central has been saying the last couple of years that different programs work with different people. Uh, what was up with Baggett, JT? Uh, yeah, he moved forward in both motos. That's a good thing. But seven eight, uh, definitely not something that he thought he would do. Six eight, sorry. Yeah, I think uh, I think expectations just got the best of him a little bit, you know. And I don't think it was anybody intentionally putting pressure on him or 
expecting too much. Um, I think it was just a product of him riding so well coming into the weekend and test sessions and at the practice tracks. Everybody had such high hopes, and, and I think those hopes will be realized as the season continues. Um, but I think he put a little bit too much pressure on himself, and, and I think he just uh, just didn't perform to the, the level that he hoped to. And I, I think it'll work out. You know, I think that next weekend the pressure will be off a little bit and he'll ride better. Hmm, it's almost like the Stopwatch Nationals don't mean that much. Hmm. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's <laughs> no. true because all the guys we saw going fast or we thought would go fast kind of did. I just think he he thought he was, you know, or, or people thought he was going to go in and be, you know, on the podium for sure and maybe a win. Um, and I, I just think, you know, it was, it was just too much mentally going on on the day. And uh, I think he just he's kind of reset going into Glen Helen. You know, it's funny. Weege, I wrote about this in my column coming out this week. Uh, Dino rides great. Both motos uh, comes from 24th to 10th in Moto 1, 6th to 4th in Moto 2. Uh, he's fourth overall, 10-4 on the day. Good good ride for Dino. Nice to see him up there. 29 points. Barsha goes 11-5, almost the same type of race. He, he dropped back in the second moto, and Dean passed him. But Dean and Barsha were down in the, in the uh, first lap, along with Anderson, who, who we'll get to. But they had real close to the same days. Barsha actually, you could say, got did, did better in a sense of, of being riding around in third for a little bit. But... And there was only three points difference between the two. But isn't that funny how that's going to work like public perception? Like, oh, Dean, you crushed it. You killed it. All these people are happy for him, fourth overall. And I haven't seen anything about Barsha. And probably there's probably people who are like, ah, Barsha sucks. He faded back to wherever, alpha third. But in reality, he was only three points worse between fourth and ninth place overall. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. And you're right. Their scenario was the same. They were down in the same crash in the first moto, and they finished, what, one position apart? Yeah. And uh, they were both in a similar spot in the second moto. Here's the only reason I, I do even – I know the point you're saying, and I don't totally disagree, but I would put Dean's ride a level higher. When, um, when Eli got to Dean, Dean was pretty hard to pass, and Tomac had a couple of moments – uh, trying to get around him, and I think that's what made Tomac go into patient mode and be like, okay, I'm not going to just blast through these dudes like I did in the first mode. i got to wait. This track is gnarly, and these guys are going for it. Uh, he kind of held Eli at bay for three or four laps before Eli started gathering it back up. So to me, that was the difference. Once Eli got to Barsha, who was actually further ahead, that didn't take long. So to me, that was the one thing. I'm like, ah, he actually gave Tomac a run, and that was the first guy that had given him a run all day. So to me, that was part of the reason that Dean's run looked a little more sparkly. Uh, Brock Tickle, 7-7, seven, seven, and nobody will talk about him. 7-7, seven, seven, fifth overall. He wrote not, good, man. Yeah. Trademark Brock Tickle. What's Trademark. that? Copyright Brock yeah, Tickle. Yeah, seven, seven. absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was, he was good. I... I Really regretted not putting him on my fantasy team because uh, I honestly I didn't know where he was fitness wise because I knew he'd been hurt. That was my only question. I knew I knew he would be strong because he trains really hard, but I didn't know how long he'd been riding. And I saw him at the autograph thing Thursday, and I should have asked him how he was feeling. But he was, uh, I mean, true to form. That's what Barksdale does. He's always in shape. He's always strong. When the conditions get tougher, he gets better. You know, and that was the case on Saturday. Yeah, good ride for Tickle. Beat Baggett, beat Webb. You know what I mean? Those guys are making a lot of money. Yeah, but he's rock, and he was rock solid, man. You, you sh- we should have expected it when it's hot and when it's nasty and ruddy. 
like I said, when he get when well, the conditions get tougher, he gets better. Dude, we talked about in our preview show before he ex- exited with injury, he made two th- two straight podiums. You know, so yeah. maybe there's something I, there. I, well, I just didn't know. I didn't know he'd been riding very much. He had that wrist. You know, I thought he broke his wrist, but uh, he, his, uh, he told me his leg was worse than his wrist. His, warm, his okay. leg was harder okay. to overcome than his than yeah. his wrist. Um, what do you think of Webb's day, uh, Weege? I was okay. I don't think he can panic totally. Uh, although, you know, 5 9 on paper, and he had a good start in the first photo and was only able to come up with fifth. You know, I, I think some people would look at that as like, we got problems here. But I think it's just kind of the Cooper Webb deal. Like, there are some guys that I expect to come out blazing, and if they don't, that's a problem. But uh, I still would not be surprised if at some point this season he's got it figured out. And remember, the first two Supercrosses were even worse than this, and it didn't take long after that he had it figured out and was battling for podium. So I wouldn't worry too much, although, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Tomac worked them pretty easy in the first moto. 5-9 isn't great, but well, here's here. I'm going to throw this concept out there. Uh, I've heard some scuttlebutt, and I think you guys have too, that the next year's Yamaha will have some changes. And I think some of the dudes have written it and say it's positive changes. I would not be surprised to see them sneak that bike in here and get it homologated before the season's up. Oh, I thought you meant like uh, you can count on it. You uh, can count. You on can it. count yeah. on that, but I thought you meant like illegally because I could. I could almost bet yeah. that, that might happen too. Well, you could pull that off. Let's <laughs> right. be honest. Right. They wanted to pull that off. <laughs> if he goes three three at Glen Helen, we'll just assume that's what they did. Um, I, I <laughs> but uh, I was yeah. That bike is coming, no doubt. I was standing with yeah. a Yamaha rider that doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't ride oh. outdoor. <laughs> Wonder who that <laughs> Never mind oh, then. God. Forget it. I didn't know it was that obvious. I didn't know it was be that obvious. <laughs> okay, I can't forget it. I can't tell you what this no, guy. What we, not. Okay, but I didn't think it would be that yeah. obvious. <laughs> um, okay, well, Yamaha rider that we do playing, This is length and I. Well, it could have been Langston. A Yam- I didn't even finish a sentence. You're you were saying a Yamaha guy that doesn't do outdoors, you, and you didn't think people were going to put that together? <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you think uh, of McGrath? Yeah, it could have been. could have been anybody. It could have been Shortstack. Actually, it could have been Bob Hanna. We, we, we were on the subject of the Yamaha not performing up to par. So as soon as you took in a breath to start making the point, I knew you were, who you were talking about. <laughs> All right, never mind. As soon as there was going to be a comment, some rider gave you a comment on a motorcycle throughout the weekend. <laughs> I knew it was. All right, never mind. Forget it. Look- anyway, Langston and I were laughing. Uh, we had alluded to last week in the preview thing, like, if something were to go wrong for Tomac, how crazy and wide open would this suddenly become yeah. with him, Rockton, and Dungey all out? And then GL and I were talking about that. I'm like, could you imagine if Webb, the rookie, in the 450 class, struggling through the first half of the year, then the favorite goes out, the Kawasaki guy who's expected to win goes out with an injury, and then he gets the new bike at the very end and has to rally past the other four guys. Can you imagine that scenario happening? Which is <laughs> exactly. exactly what Langston did. He got very excited when I threw that out there. Um, uh, did you guys see Cole Seeley's practice crash? No. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Yeah. What did you do? Where was it? It was uh, on that jump uh, that you were talking about Marvel was doing, kind of doubling down the hill. Yep. Yeah, he just kind of landed high-sided. He, he crashed hard. Dude, he was beat up after the race, and somehow he got fourth in the first moto. <laughs> and coming up from fourth, like charging up. Good job for Seeley. 
Yeah, short Shorty was like, man, I'm I'm surprised he's riding because he's already beat up the tip abductor thing, and then you know during the moto, he's like, man, good for him, like he's really toughing this thing out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good to see Honda needs that really bad right now. Yeah, uh, Anderson was great. He was great in the end of the second moto, man. The last five minutes, it was like he. It's almost like he trains with this world famous trainer, real gnarly program, you know, um, almost something like that. Is that the one that Cincerello was so keen on. Yeah, yes, that one and same uh, one. yeah, yeah, same one. Roxon too. Yeah, Roxon also spoken highly yeah. of this man. Um, Big fans, yep. He was great at the end of the moto, and yeah, he got the rock in the eye in the first moto, DNF'd, and as he was pulling off, like you said, Weege, he took down <laughs> took down his teammate and Barsha. Um, but, uh, he was good, man. Uh, like, okay. So going into Glenn Helen, like I, he, I, he could be on the podium. Very easy. He was great. He was outside the top 20 in that second moto. Well, yeah. And, and you look at, you know, leaving Thursday, the people that were oppressed, I heard Anderson's name mentioned multiple times about how fast he was going on Thursday. Then Saturday in practice, he was really good, you know, in, in time qualifying. And then, obviously, the rock issue is his face gets split open. So we really didn't get to see anything realistically of what we should have seen other than him starting in dead last gate position and then charging up at the very end, you know. So as far as what we should expect, we should just ride off Hangtown completely and just start over at Glen Helen. And I do fully expect him to be in the mix. That, that was one guy when you're asking who else to be on the podium here that, that we, should have, uh, we should have mentioned him because he will be in the mix. Uh, Christian Craig got the whole shot. Came around that first uphill, coming down. You're like, oh boy, shades of uh, Freestone or whatever, because you know the guy can ride. You know he can go that fast, no matter of how long. But nine fourteen on the day for him. Pike rode well coming back, Weege. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's really interesting. You look at the four fifty results, and there's no doubt. It's kind of scary. Tomac, there's no reason to think that he's not going to win a lot of these and maybe make it pretty boring. And Moose Gannon Grant were good, too. But the rest of the results, you cannot pick who's better out of the Bogle, Tickle, Barsha, Wilson, maybe Craig, Seeley. Like, they all had moments, and their motos almost flip-flop. Everybody's like, one good, one, one bad. Uh, mix it all up. So... Mike was just a little bit behind those guys, but he's come off a pretty bad injury. It's going to be interesting, I think, to watch that group of six or seven guys yeah. and kind of see who breaks out because they all have something, I think, that they could say, yeah, I'm going to be the best of that group. Mar- uh, something throughout the weekend was good. Marty? Marty? Marty was Marty was really fast. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he didn't hold it together. I'm surprised. <laughs> but he was good, man. Marty qualified fifth overall, if I think, right? I think it's fifth yep, overall. Absolutely, yeah. he did. Yep. There we go, folks. Fifth. Um. All right, uh, Kevin Benoit. We know he can ride a four fifty. Yeah. We we know now he can ride a four fifty well. Kevin Benoit what was that's fantastic. Result and I don't know, but he rode it very well. Cody Cooper. When he qualified fifth, did it make you mad or happy? Me? Yes. No, I, I'm asking Weege's opinion of Davos. Of course, you. I was talking to a Yamaha. Mad or happy. No, oh. it never makes me mad. Why does it make me mad? What do I? Care? I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know which way to go with you. Does it make you mad that he hasn't moved up sooner? Does it make you happy that he moved up and was fast? Well, I don't know. What I, I've always you're you're in, you're so emotional with Davos. I don't know what you're in, in my rants about Marty. One of the things I rant about was maybe he gets on a 450 and his career takes off. 
You don't know. But it ain't working in 250s. It is not working. And my point was always move up. See what happens. Working for his bank account. So, you know, fifth place, qualifying. Um, but he was all right. He was, he was good. Yeah. Um, hey, one thing about the 450 class, I was adding it up today, Weege. Eight guys in the top 20 in Supercross are not in the 450 class outdoors. Eight guys. Wow. Who's that? Mookie. Freeze. Okay. Alessi. Uh, Dave, oh. Davies Hurt. Weimer. Reed. Reed. Uh, Dunge. Dunge. Brayton. Brayton. There's eight. And the only guy hurt is, is Davey. Eight guys in the top 20 are not in this class because, honestly, I was looking at the results going, ah, it's not that deep. Not as deep as I remember. And then I started thinking what way Supercross, and then I started thinking, wait a minute. Eight guys. So. Yeah, remember, it's really seven, because essentially Weimer is the replacement for Pike. But you're right, otherwise, that's an alarming trend. That's basically Mookie and the three Moto Concepts guys saying we're out. We don't, our teams don't even compete in the series. Uh, Dunn's retiring, and Reed saying I'm done with outdoors. None of those things are great, that's for sure. That's not good. Um, hey, so which guy was the most confusing to you, Reese Carter, Cody Cooper, or Kevin Benoit? All guys that ran out near inside the top twenty did well. Three digits. Who the hell? Who who is Reese Carter? Uh, I have no he's idea. From New Ze- he's from New Zealand, and Shane King brought him over with Cody Cooper, and Shane King said uh, that he made him some sort of deal where if the kid did some result, he would bring him to America, and he did. And the kid killed it for oh, fantasy. He's the other Cody Cooper is he on the same Honda and everything? Same no, team? he's on a Cowie. Oh, that's yeah. why I had no idea. Because Cooper's gang was at my hotel. I was hanging out with them all weekend. And then, yeah, so I had no idea. Maybe I haven't met this other guy and didn't even know. Yeah, you did. You must have met him. Yeah. So, cause he... I guess so. <laughs> um, who surprised you in 450s, Weege? Who surprised you? Well, Marty, for sure. I mean, he had that speed in the first qualifier, and I'm like, okay, we'll see. And then he had it again in the second qualifier, and I'm like, Okay, we'll see. And then, damn it all, in the first moto, he's in there. Now, I know Marty being fast and not holding it together is maybe not surprising, but we haven't really seen him race at 450 much. I don't even think this type of speed outdoors he's ever had, even on a 250. And uh, I talked to him a bit. I don't know if you did, Steve. Did you talk to him? Did you stop by and no, we missed stop by the Rockstar truck and hang out with him and Anderson? And, you know, uh, I got Dean there. I went over there. I got Dean now. You have Dean. Yeah, I do, Dean. And Zacho, of And Zacho, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marty made it sound like this was kind of a throw-in. Like, I guess he's been asking for years to do this. Um, and I think this year they're like, yeah, go ahead. Here, take Anderson's stuff from the end of the year last year, Anderson's donation stuff. Just take it, and that's your bike. He hasn't tested. I don't think it was quite the same situation as, say, like Wilson and Anderson, who are the 450 guys. If they're like, all right, if you want to do it so bad, here, take care of it yourself. But I was – Pretty surprised. I, I know he didn't hold it together and get fifth, but I thought that was a good ride. And Rice Carter, since I've never even heard of you, and you got top twenty, that's pretty good too. <laughs> I was surprised. Carter. I was surprised that Grant. I think uh, obviously you know he's fast and he's having a good year, but to go like JT said, he could have gone two two. You know, um, so he was pretty good. Uh, another surprise was Bogle. Bogle held it together for two motos. He couldn't hold it together for a twenty minute main event in Supercross. <laughs> But out of the out of the gate, uh, eight, ten, tenth overall. Again, I don't know if I don't think he hit the deck that I saw. 
uh, that or that I noticed. So, good job for Bogle. JT, what do you think? Yeah, I would say there was there was a lot of surprises, and to be honest with you, it was kind of a complete dialogue change from Supercross. Um, you know, a lot of that was from guys being out, but Barsha was up front, Wilson was up front, Josh Grant was up front. Um, and all these guys, you know, Bogle did well. All these guys haven't been really in the mix, to be honest with you. So uh, it was refreshing. It was different, different narrative. Uh, there were different, you know, uh, storylines. Um, I, I, I liked it. It was all good. Um, but as far as real surprises, I think Josh Grant was a surprise. I did not expect him to go 3-3. Um, Dino getting second, fourth in the second moto was, was really impressive. Um, yeah, the rest of it was uh, at Barsha first moto was pretty bad, but the rest of it was kind of to be expected. I thought uh, Dino was worked after the second moto, man. That's he, fine, man. You get yeah, fourth, yeah. you can be as tired no, as you yeah, want. Yeah. He was worked. Um, all right, disappointments. Uh, I'll go with Baggett, man. Yeah, six eight. Yep, good finish, yep. but I would agree. Yeah, I would be, agree. Web Web going backwards in the first moto, I, I would th- I would say was uh, yeah a little. A little disappointing. He was he was right there. I mean, he was right with those guys and couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, Weege disappointment for four fifty class. He, yeah, definitely Paget. Um, I, I thought you know throw a blanket over him and Marv. Who's better? Well, there's no doubt who's better on this day, and that could change quickly. But uh, again, the web I gave a little more of a pass uh, because this is technically really his first four fifty race. But Paget, uh, and this is the track where Paget does so well. So to me, Paget was the the bigger disappointment, even though his results, I guess he was actually a little better than Webb results-wise, but I thought he'd be really in the mix, and he really never was. All right. Uh, JT, do you think Grant's uh, renaissance in 2017 is due to his uh, signing with Fly Racing? <laughs> no. No, we're just lucky benefactors. We're just happy to be along for the ride. I wish. You guys had a pretty good bonus deal with him, correct? So you you you're paying, like... Like, it worked out well for him. Like, he wasn't at a high negotiating point. Probably with Kawasaki, too. Um, you know? So. Yeah, it wasn't. Ours, ours wasn't so much. He's definitely benefiting from doing well. But ours was more, we were just wanting to make sure he was at the races. We've been burned a couple times just, you know, we just have had a tough time keeping guys on the track. So, him being at the races, he's going to he's gonna do okay. Um, you know, him getting on the podium and stuff, is that's great. We're we have no problem paying bonuses if you're getting results. That's getting us a ton of exposure, and uh, that's you know we we want guys to make money if they're earning it. I'm sure his price is going up with Cowie too. You know, I expect him to stay yeah. there. I don't think Hill's going up like Hill's telling everybody. So I expect. I mean, Grant he's to stay there. Why, he, he, Hill was not going to be Josh Grant yesterday. Not any chance in hell. So why would you? You know, if if you got a good thing going with Josh, why would you change it? Yep. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars Protection. This is the uh, Hangtown Wrap-Up. We'll take a commercial break here. Listen to the folks uh, from Michelin Starcross 5. New tire for those people. Not really new anymore. And then uh, Race Tech as well. Pulp MX 17 to save at Race Tech and Engines. And uh, we'll be right back after this to recap 250s. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. 
And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say... I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate... Blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars Protect. NBC Gold app, people. Grab it while you can. Uh, have yourself a, um, a terrific summer watching the uh, Pro Nationals that are kicked off this past weekend in Hangtown. All right, 250s. Well, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin because my championship hopeful, Zachary Osborne, uh, kicked ass, looked amazing. And uh, Alex Martin also, who I threw up my faith behind, uh, looked fantastic as well. Maybe except for the late moto uh Drop a couple spots in that second moto when he was really tired, but um, looking pretty good over here, Wygant. I'm looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm on the AMR train big time. There was half halfway point in that second moto when he actually tried to go after Osborne. He did. He was yeah. going really fast, and I'm like, "Yep, that's just about exactly what he looked like last year." And last year he was really good, so it's back. So uh, I'm all aboard it now, but. I actually almost laughed on the air. I don't know why I found this so hilarious. It, it's really, between you two, it's really Plessinger versus Amark, correct? That's which training to get on. Correct? Yeah, yeah. We're, and, and, and people in the pits, they know about this. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 
Well, well, I almost I, I kind of screwed Amar a little bit at the end of the press conference. He walked by. He's like, "Are you on the train now?" And Plessinger was like right behind him. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "I don't know if they know that it's, you can't be on both trains." So I was like, "I don't know. I don't know." I didn't give him an answer. And you just and you just ran away. You just ran away. Basically, and then Osborne's and then Zacho's like, "Oh man, right to his face." He couldn't even say it. He just point blank asked you, and you couldn't. You still couldn't hook him up. But I almost laughed on the air. We have a screen that gives you the overall points, and as soon as I saw it, they end up tied. Yeah, I don't know why that made me laugh really hard. I thought the tied. I thought the tweet about what Phil was cheering on Amart almost made you laugh on air. <laughs> that that yeah, that was really good. But by the way, what people listening to this don't know is throughout the day, you two were texting each other back and forth, talking crap. Anytime Plessinger or Amart made up any ground or did anything with each other, and they Dude. pretty much battled all day. It, was, it couldn't have been better. JT, you were ridiculous. You were tweeting me three <laughs> laps into the first moto of the year, <laughs> like, like three laps into moto one. You're like AP, and he was on it. He was riding great. I'm just like, wow, this guy. Coming out, I was just keeping tabs. Keeping coming tabs out, how they were doing. Coming out hot, three laps into moto one. Well, my my whole thing with this whole argument is that you were so, so, so sure because of 70 points last year. And I, I'm good with him. Like, I think Amar's going to be fantastic. But I also Oh, no, 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 no. You are backtracking. You were Hold like, on. Plessinger. We, we can pull the audio. We will pull the we audio. We will pull the audio. We will pull it. Because I said Amar's, Amar's going to do great. You were just. Hell bent. And Amart was going to kill Plessinger. And you were like, no, Plessinger will beat Amart. You you were like, Amart will. I think he'll beat him. But you were like, are you kidding me? 70 points. He has no chance. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about all that. Nope. Nope. Yep. We will pull the audio. Well, probably sure. not. No, please no one's going to get around to it. Please, please do. <laughs> uh, Swiss, Corps, Swiss Corps will do it. Yeah, Swiss Corps. Pull the audio, Swiss Corps. Um, so okay, so three laps in, Jake. Uh, but but hey, again, AP rode great, man. Uh, three five, and they tied. Like we said, <laughs> it was so the battle rages on for another week. Yeah, it was three hours of watching my phone blow up with JT texting you hashtag seventy points uh, all day, and then the race <laughs> ends, and I look and I'm like, son of a bitch, they tied. <laughs> Here we go on to round two. Yeah, but if Amart hadn't like my my, my man Amart knew. The points he knew he had second overall because AP was behind him. So we saw J Martin Forkner. He said, and he knew that what they did. So my man Amart laid up to to take the second place overall. Oh, he's he's laying up on the first race of the year. He he was dead tired. He said he was he was dead tired. All right, so there's look. a difference between laying up and being dead tired. <laughs> All right, listen though, uh, he. The troll was going after Osborne, which is exactly correct, and he told me that, and you could see the lap times. But JT, when he was going after Osborne, which tired him out later in the race, he only uh-huh. could match Osborne. He couldn't beat him, and that's how good Zach was. Well, yeah, Zach was. I mean, Zach was really good. I mean, he went one-one, and really, you know, the first moto, Cinderella was pushing the pace, and Zach was, I think, kind of content to be back there. Uh, other than that, I mean, he really wasn't challenged the rest of the day. So who knows what the series is going to mean. I think there's going to be a lot of inconsistency. You know, I think Zach will have some bad motos. Just, that's how this class works. Um, but that was a, an incredible day. And, and he got a 14-point lead out of the first race, which is pretty big. Right? That's what I was thinking, too. Because Amar goes 4-4 for second. 
Like, he was he was better than I would have even thought, to be honest, at, fir- at the first round, you know? Like, I don't expect him to go 1-1. So Yeah, I don't think anybody did. I had him getting second overall in my predictions, but, uh, I mean, you know, we I kind of thought, I think we should have seen it coming for him to be, maybe win a moto at least, but to... I don't want to say dominated because the AC was really good in the first moto, but man, he was he was strong. AC in the morning said, "Where's your guy Zacco?" And he imitated uh, Superbad, you know, with the the cooking class move, mm-hmm. um, and to his face and pumping his hands back and forth. And then I'm yep. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever." And then um, after Zacco won, I just texted him six the number sixteen with a check mark. <laughs> <laughs> He go, he hits me back with I'm not even mad. So, but you know if you're gonna did Adam, t- Adam just get tired in second moto or did you? Did I you never. Talk to him? I did talk to him, but uh, I asked him about the track and he said it was the roughest one of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, I talked. <laughs> I talked to uh, a couple people and um, privateer guys, and they were just you know they were sending me pictures. They walked it after the race, sending me pictures, and it was it was brutal. Oh man. yeah, but that heat and that track. Uh, Especially, I can't I can't overemphasize how brutal that is for to be the first round because these guys aren't they're ready but they're not ready if that makes sense they don't have their race legs underneath them um, you know after a few rounds your body just gets you know you adapt and these guys aren't there yet so I can't even imagine how those guys felt last night and today. So Weege, are you are you on the are you on the T train with me with Amart? The A train. That troll train. T train. Troll train. Troll train. Oh, troll train. Yeah, I'm on the troll train. I'm on the troll train. I watched him go through. I, I, I can even tell you the moment. He went through the half pipe. He took all these dudes out last year in the half pipe, <laughs> took out Jordan Smith. He passed like nine guys in the half pipe last year. And I saw him go through the half pipe when, uh, early in the second moto. And I'm like, there it is. It's the same AMR from last year, different bike. Same dude. So, yeah, I'm all aboard. He, uh, he hung a left in that one turn and cut across 18 ruts. To make yeah, the pass. Yeah, it was make the, sweet. Make the pass on Savachi, I think. Um, yep. Uh, okay, so Austin Forkner rode phenomenal in both motos. Uh, him and J-Mart in the second moto were pushing. Um, that was good to see. It was cool to see two dudes just laying it out. Everybody else was super tired. Those guys are pushing it. It was super cool. And the first moto, he had an electrical problem, and he rode from dead, dead last to 11th. But JT and I have a problem with this 11th place Forkner got. Weege, we got a problem. He came down the hill. He came down the second downhill after you jumped the little gap at the top. And basically, oh, no, no, he he did the other section too. I'm sorry. So the section where Marv was jumping, he rode straight off from there into mechanics area. He cut off before then. He cut off after, like, the roller section. Yeah. He, He went across that like he didn't even do the he didn't little do the rollers down the hill chicane right oh left, he didn't even he do didn't that do any of that okay no so he comes in the mechanics area it's electrical problem the team unplugs it plugs it back in which works for your computer but apparently also cowie 250fs and uh goes back out by my count at okay and i didn't realize with jt what you had said how much he cut that chicane off and everything that was yep. 40 seconds he cut out of the track for electrical problem and he gets 11th 
if you put back those 40 seconds, he's like 19th. Never mind 40 seconds is a low mark because, A, they're charging, and, B, I forgot about that chicane. Why again? It's brutal. They didn't penalize him. I can't believe it. Uh, geez. Okay, so wait. I don't know what happened. He did take off. Started. He did take off at the start. He, he Hold on. How are, you not, how are you not even on our side at all? He doesn't know what happened. I haven't even gotten there yet. No, I haven't even gotten there yet. This is, this is going to be worse. I've got an even bigger problem than even you guys have. It's going to get worse. Okay. It's get worse. All right. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell happened. So please, someone tell me. Did he take off at the start? I yes. didn't yeah. get any. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And his bike was and then, like, his bike was malfunctioning on the first lap. So before, like, when he gets to the next closest spot to the mechanics area, he just goes off the track, goes uh, to the mechanics area. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then does not well, return to the track where he, he left it. He at does. All. He does well, half a lap. You know where the so. roll. You know. You know where the roller uphill rollers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the really tough uphill rollers. So he got there. Yep. And then came down that hill, and instead mm-hmm. of following the track around, he cut across mm-hmm. the middle of the infield straight to what? the mechanics. Uh, and then went back where? By the finish. Uh, onto the track. Onto the track. Wait. Off the finish. Yeah. Then he pulled on to like the final straightaway before the finish line. Yes. Correct. Are so, you serious? Yes. And oh my I, God. I'm like, oh, he's going to get docked. For sure. I tweeted about it. And then nothing happened. And then I said, did he get docked? And they're like, no, he took his gate pick. And then I said to Mitch, I said, hey, did, did you guys get docked or what? He's like, no, they just, they figured he was, he was stopped here long enough. But that doesn't, stopping there long enough is not the, that's the problem you have on your motorcycle. That's not a stop and go or anything. I, <laughs> So I Here's timed it. Having a bigger problem. Okay, so I Here's timed that. it. This is, this it was okay. You timed it. Go ahead. Forty seconds, yeah, 40 at least seconds. forty seconds, and probably fifty-five seconds if you go by what JT was saying. Okay, that alone is terrible. But here's what makes it even worse: we're only four weekends removed, or three weekends removed, of Savachi being penalized five positions for cutting off seven seconds. Yeah. On a supercross track. And this is going to lead immediately to every fan listening to the show saying, these guys are so inconsistent with their penalties. What's up with this John Gallagher guy? What's up with this Kevin Crowther guy? These guys are, well, I got news for you. They're not even here. These are two different series. There is no John Gallagher. There is no FIM. There is no Kevin Crowder. They're not even involved. It's a totally different series. So if we want to have the consistent conversation of inconsistent penalties, well, I got news for you. It's only going to get more inconsistent because it's not even the same people making the decisions now. So if you're wondering, how could a guy penalize someone like Savachi for what he did and not penalize him now? Well, it's not even the same guy. So it's, this is just uh, – JT, just, how, how, do they not penal- how, how do they not penalize him? What, 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 how do they not do that? What, what, I don't know. How do they rationalize it? Obviously, obviously, no one was paying attention, and then no one protested him. But it's—I don't care. I don't have a dog in the fight. But it, honestly, to be completely honest with you, the other teams dropped the ball. Um, for them to have not brought this to attention or made mention of it, uh, because he definitely gained—I would say—somewhere between five and ten points uh, by by being able to catch back up that far. So. If that matters, come down. Yeah, but, man, it's a missed opportunity for these other teams. But when I spoke to Mitch, it sounded like he had been spoken about it. So somebody must have brought it to his attention. 
Well, in that case, I don't know what to say to them because I wasn't in that conversation. Well, but I, to I don't say know he didn't gain an advantage is ridiculous. No, I mean, Mitch said they said, meaning I'm thinking, you know, must be an authority figure. Yeah. When I said that to him, you know? So, <laughs> wow, I don't know. Crazy, man. I mean, his bike would not run. Like, it was it was sputtering really bad. Like, he, he rode right past me, and it was sputtering. That's why he cut across the infield. Could you imagine how long it would take him with a sputtering motorcycle to get all the way around the track back to the mechanics? I mean, you're counting, you're counting 40 seconds at race pace. Think about how slow he would have had to go. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he couldn't jump the jumps. Like it, barely, it would barely run. I don't and know, it was, man. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of time. And, and whatever, it's, what's done is done. It's just crazy that nothing was done about it. I agree. Um, Colt Nichols, everybody. Colt Nichols. Wow. Yeah, he was good, man. Dude, he wasn't this good when he was healthy last year and not coming off femurs and ankles. Good job. Uh, good job for Mitchell Harrison, speaking of star racing. Yeah, and he even had a... Yeah, I know star racing didn't win. Overs. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, JT. No, I was just going to say Harrison had a couple tip-overs, and he was still, still solid. Uh, Star Racing didn't win the race. You know, they didn't sweep the podium or any of the stuff they had been doing the last year or so. But so many dudes were up there that still, to me, I'm like, they still have it. That bike still has it. Um, I mean, these were fantastic rides. And obviously, Ferrandez crashed out. Who knows what he could have done. But just when you see Nichols and Harrison, because, hey, Jeremy Martin and Cooper Webb are world-class riders. They were winning races. Maybe that wasn't so much of a shock. But what really made the star racing thing so crazy last year was, like, anyone that was on one was going to do well. And I still saw that same thing. Even though they didn't win the race, I'm like, look at these dudes. This bike still has it, which is probably a lot of power is what this bike has. Four pro circuit guys in the top ten, three star guys. So, um Yeah. And Jeremy Martin. A lot like last year. A lot like last year. Jeremy Martin, before his bike broke in the first moto, was just okay to me. Like, I was kind of waiting and waiting. And then in the second moto, I'm like, you know, obviously he had a bad gate pick due to the DNF and everything. But he came out okay. But I was honestly, again, like, oh, like, what is up with J-Mart? Like, kind of, I don't know. I was just, he came around seventh in the first lap. Then he lost a spot in, uh, in moto one. Um I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like, what's going on with J-Mart? But then, you know what? That last 10 minutes or whenever he hooked up with Forkner, I'm like, oh, there it is. There's J-Mart. Like, he was fine. You agree, JT? Like, he's fine. He's got third. He was good. Yeah. You know, the first moment he was seemed like he was uh, a little bit rusty. He hadn't mm-hmm. raced in quite a while. Um, and obviously he had a you know bike issue there. But... Uh, to be honest with you, I think he's going to he's going to win motos and be in the mix simply because he's so fit. He's in such good shape. It's going to get him to the front, whether his pace is you know where he wants it to be or not. Um, Cantrell, Weech, pretty good, not bad. Moseman, pretty good. Two rookies. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is they need to get a psychologist down there and and check some brainwaves on these dudes. It's like if it is your first pro race. You will get a start at Hangtown. You just will. You will do well. It'll be one of the best photos you'll have all year. It's just, it's been done over and over and over. And we were even reminded with Grant having such a great race here. Like, remember when he was the young kid 13 years ago? Oh, yeah, he whole shot Hangtown as his pro debut and led for a while. It's just, 
every year, if it happens, if there's a rookie, they, they do well. So, yeah, good for him. It's, but to me, it's such a hard thing to judge because this has sometimes gone totally sideways from here for these guys, or it's become like for their last year, he just continued to improve. Um, I think Cooper Webb was fifth in his first moto ever. Um, some people claim the TV announcer would refuse to mention his name that day, although I counted how many times the announcer said it. It was quite a bit. Um, but so, yeah, guys doing good in the first race. I don't know what it is. They're just pumped up, I guess, fired up. It was, it was good. Um, the Mosaman, I'm just looking here. Mosaman came from 342 uh, officially. Wait. No, he fell. Okay, he fell. 26th in the first moto. Most of them on the Rockstar Husky, 26th to 12th in the first moto. He was up there, and then he tipped wow. over. And I was like, wow, this wow. kid. Like, everyone was kind of looking at Cantrell because he was up front, like you said. But most of them was impressive, for sure. I don't know much about him because he's an amateur kid, or he was. Good job by him. Yeah, well, I found he, out two things. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, JT. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's Mosman. I saw his dad, and he said it's Mosman. And uh, it's going to be really confusing because his brother turned pro last year, and he was racing a 450. So there's two of them, two yeah. Mosmans. Yeah. Uh, no chance we get the first names correct. Uh, Michael is the oh, new one. Yeah, Michael's a new one. Yeah. Josh Michael's a new one. Josh, Josh is Josh is the 450 one. Yeah. 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 Um, I watched uh, I watched Amateur Day last year. And uh, I knew that he was going to be uh, basically a fly racing rider the following season. So I went down to watch him. And I was like, oh, man, like this kid's going to be fast. He's got a whole other year because he was hauling ass on amateur day of the year before. So um, it was a surprise, but I know he's ridden that track a ton, so it wasn't that big of a surprise. But I think we just right, man. Hangtown is uh, – there's always something special for these amateurs. You know, Tomac and Josh Grant and – the list goes on and on. You know, it was a little bit of disappointment in the 250 class. It was McElrath, man. Just thought he'd be better. Like I know, yeah, I'd... he didn't have much. That was uh, that was weird. I, I expected a lot. Yeah, I don't think he got the starts, but still, just wasn't wasn't great for McElrath. He crashed in the first turn pretty hard. The first moto, okay. So I don't know if that messed him up. Right. Maybe he got hurt. Um, Savachi, Weege, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, he went one one. Everyone was yeah. watching closely yep. to find signs of is he going to be okay, and I don't feel like you can say that he's okay after this. Um, first moto was nothing special. Second moto, you're like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. But man, he got zapped. And I have to say that I saw more riders appear to be tired. No, no, they people. were tight. No, they got tight. Sorry, a lot of riders got tight <laughs> yeah. and everything. I even feel that part of the reason Tomac's faster than Marvin, no doubt. But I even feel that like Marvin putting up that fight for two laps, that was like he was spent. He was done uh, physically. And so I think a lot of guys got tired. So maybe he just got tired and a lot of guys got tired. But just when you dominate like he did at Hangtown last year and you kind of go backwards this time well, and everybody's already wondering if you're going to be okay after uh, what happened two weeks ago, that's not – Encouraging at all. If you're a PC guy and you get the whole shot and you're leading laps uh, or lap, you got to finish on the podium. You know, otherwise, you, why are you on that team? Why do you have that bike and everything? Um, so without crashing too, by the way. So that was definitely a bummer for Joey. Yeah, but uh, Adam, same thing. Second moto. Yep. Same thing. He was up there. Yep. Well, what were uh, Joey's moto finishes? Seven seven. 
seven seven. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not great, but right. Um, it, it could be a lot worse leaving leaving Hangtown than that. He could be Kyle Cunningham. Yeah. What the hell happened? Uh, fell over first moto, couldn't start his bike. Second moto, bike broke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the beat goes on over there. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of the 18s, uh, sources say that they're trying to get the 18s for the last three rounds over here, the RMZ 18450. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're working hard to try to get them at the last three. That'd be cool. Um, I'll let you know how it is. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I can't believe. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. JT, so explain. Explain the process while I get here. Yeah, I get hit up by Chris Wheeler, who uh, is basically Mr. Suzuki. So Chris Wheeler is both trying to figure budgets for literally, literally, he's doing, also arranging. He's doing everything at Suzuki, literally everything. Yeah, I'm, if you go to the cafeteria <laughs> there at lunch, he's probably the one making the sloppy joes. Right. Like a one-man gang doing everything for Suzuki. Um, yeah, so he just texts me. And he's like, hey, we're going to have a launch in Japan on the 2018 bike, and uh, – we want some race racks to go. And I'm like, well, Pingree's our guy, but it's eight days in Japan. I don't know if Pingree can get free for eight days. He's got a family and a regular job. Pingree tries. Pingree can't go. Um, I can't really – we don't really have anyone else on staff that really would fairly be able to test the motocross bike. And, by the way, it's the weekend of Colorado, so it's got to be someone who's not going in that race. Um, and it's eight days, so it's just tough. Um so I came up with the idea. I'm like, wait, let's make this cool. Let's make this fun. Let's find one of these privateer guys that we all know and love, be it, you know, your privateer island guys or seven deuce deuce or Mookie, somebody cool and fun, and they can ride, and it'll be a fun story. So we kind of settled on Mookie, which would have been spectacular, and Mookie had told me how badly he wants to go to Japan. Now, the Suzuki, it's a media thing. So Suzuki kind of didn't get it. They're like, but he's not an editor of a magazine. Why would Mookie go? Dude, it's Mookie. It's Mookie. He'd be great. Can you imagine him? Dude, sc- Mookie in Japan. What more do you, what, <laughs> what, scaring what is there the sh- not to love about that? Scaring the shit out of local people. Just <laughs> not knowing yeah, who this man yeah. is. Right. <laughs> and I had had a conversation about with Mookie because he, you know, he does Geneva and you've hung out with him in Europe. And he's told me, he's like, his next goal is to go to Japan. He wants to go to Japan real bad. He wants to go to Tokyo, wants to see Japan. And I'm like, look at this. It's falling into his lap. So after like two or three weeks of convincing, they finally convinced the guys in Japan, the Suzuki guys in Japan, that Mookie can beat the guy for Racer X. And then um, they contact uh, uh, Roger Larson, friend of ours, works for Seven, kind of like the Stewart's right-hand man. And I guess he says, okay, when are we going? And they're like, what do you mean we? It's Mookie. And he's like, well, I'm going to go with him. And they're like, no, it's one person for publication. Yeah. One person. That's the rule. We already shut down. MXA wanted an extra guy. Somebody else wanted an extra guy. We shut these people down. We have pulp, to be fair. Pulp got shut down? Huge. Even one, they shut down. You couldn't <laughs> yes. even get one. Yes. Um, so I guess that's where it ended. Like, Mookie couldn't go alone. So it's, we were pretty much out. I didn't know what the hell to do. And I just go to tell that story to you guys. And JT says, Oh, I can't. I go. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I still feel bad that I didn't ask you first. I just didn't want to put you in the position of saying, hey, take eight days off of a regular job to work for us. I, I, I guess I didn't uh, realize the flexibility that you have. Uh, Fly, Fly will be pumped. He'll be all, it'll be great PR for Fly. They don't even, he doesn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, I mean, between, between doing a feature for HRX and, 
vacation time. I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot of ways around it. You know, I'm not. I'll probably use some vacation days to pull it off. But man, that's a pretty pretty awesome opportunity. So it's not the best timing work wise, but um, I think everybody involved at our company realized it was a pretty great opportunity. Uh-huh. Can we can we figure out why Mookie can't go on by himself? By the way, the, get to the bottom of that. <laughs> you know, I didn't even have to think about it that hard. Like, I think it's it's. I'm not even going to put it on him. I think that's the way a lot of these dudes operate. They just don't travel alone. That's the bottom line. And I had a tough time telling Chris Wheeler that because if you listen to your podcast of Chris Wheeler, he's talking about like living in Germany hospitals in like eastern block europe as a struggling privateer like i don't think he can wrap his mind around that but dude we make fun of these riders all the time like they're in a different stratosphere than the normal thinking so I, um, I, yeah i think that happens a lot so J- yeah uh and jt and rc's going too so jt would get the exclusive rc interview yeah uh something uh, like that mm-hmm. for pulp um, okay, finally, finally, RCM Pope. How, what, what did Ca- what did Cameron McAdoo have to say about his day? Uh, crashed uh, first turn both motos. Oh really? Oh wow! So pretty good yeah. then. Pretty good day. Yeah, and he lost his back brake. Third pedal got broke, broke, bent in the first moto one. So yeah, he ended up getting what sixteenth, fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Fifteen, sixteen on the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually, I was like, hey, thanks for the info. I didn't even know that. Who's Gustavo Souza? That's got a Gustavo. It's been a while since we had a Gustavo race. Uh, He's from from Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, you got 18th. Second moto. Nice work, Gustavo. Um, There's another guy from Brazil there, too. I would money that Rodney Smith was behind. Rodney Smith's like the go-to guy for Brazilians. Uh, and I saw his truck pitted behind. Oh, there we go. Sure. Pit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. GNCC. And there was yeah. another guy from, I, I, and there was a guy, uh, Thales Velarde, in the 450 class from Brazil. So, yeah, that's all. That's probably all, Rodney. Good job, Rodney. Even though we don't even know if it had anything to do with you. I'm just going to assume <laughs> that. Well, it could, or it could be Anthony Pokoroba, perhaps. Um, Why is he Brazil? He, no, he, he raced in Brazil. Was national champion oh. post Rodney oh, okay. Smith. Uh, you think they were balls out like Balbi? <laughs> <laughs> there was a Zitterkopf, a new Zitterkopf in the field. See that? Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. That, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, Zach Bell. He had an oversized tank on his bike. Full. Oversized tank, like clear plastic, eighteen gallon tank on his on his bike. That was that was awesome. It was great. He didn't need gas all day long. I probably just filled it in, you know, for Friday and never touched it. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, what else? Hmm. Uh, anything else from Hangtown? Boys? Mm, is it all going to be or not? Is it all going to flip in like two or three weeks? And we're going to be like, oh, remember Hangtown? Because there's been years where Hangtown. I'm not exaggerating. Like, remember the year where Chad Reed won the overall on a Kawasaki and Alessi won a moto on a 350? Like, Boris Savacci dominated last year and struggled at Glen Helen. Like, is this all for naught? No. It often is. 
Zach Osborne and Eli Tomac are for real. I, I agree. I'm pretty worried. I mean, we know the Tomac situation, but that Zacho seemed highly repeatable. Highly repeatable. Uh, JT Zach, yeah, I didn't. Oh. I didn't see any real weirdo results. JT Zacho told no. me he did zero testing for outdoors. He went off his setup from Indiana on his bike. No testing. Nothing. Uh, I can. I mean, they didn't change the bike, so. Um, yeah, but you know, he's, it's very odd. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you ride it, obviously he's ridden it a ton. I mean, these guys ride and ride and ride and ride and ride. And if you have your your setting from last year and it feels good, then I, I can understand it. it. It's definitely not the most common thing I've ever heard, but I can no, understand it. That's I can understand it also, but it's very rare. That's that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, the so. bike hasn't changed though. Usually, bikes change somewhat, and then you have you know testing has to happen. But um, that's a good place to be when you have a good bike and nothing changed. That that helps. So, Zacho took his 2016 or 2016 um, uh, uh, Ironman national bike and took it to 1-1 on the day. I'd be interested to know if they did any, uh, if it was exactly the same engine and ECU setup because usually there's there's tech advancements. You know, he said the um, same. I pressed him. He said the same, but he may not even okay. know. But who knows? Um, well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like they they could make they could make have a better engine and he wouldn't even have. To Tested, it's just better. In case you guys were wondering, Kawasaki's still upset about Las Vegas. Still not happy really? about Vegas and everything that went down there. So uh, <laughs> one one guy suggested to me that the AMA should get a new flag. This actually made me laugh out loud. AMA needs a new flag for next year. And with five laps to go, you wave the flag and anything goes. Whatever you want to do, and he suggested what, like the purge. Yes, and he suggested the flag be a skull and crossbones. Have so, you guys seen the purge? So it's basically a skull and crossbones flag, and then the fans know, the fans know that you can do anything you want to another rider. Yeah, I have a homework assignment for all you people out there. Go watch the purge, and that's what it would be like. Yeah, exactly. I maybe, maybe you can. You have to keep it in between the banners, you know, in between the tough blocks. But other than that, it sounds like the skull and crossbones flag, anything goes. It'd be like Mad Max out there. Yep. Uh, so they're still not so pumped on that. Remember the race? Remember the race at the end of Winners Take All where they're in the sand desert and they have the desert race yeah. and people are putting sticks yeah. in each other's wheels? Yeah. yeah, that's what it would be like. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the things that Pike would do in a, in a skull and crossbones flag when it came out? <laughs> this is an awesome idea. I just, you just hear Ralph and Jeff getting pumped on it. The skull and crossbones has come out. You know what that means, Jeff? Yeah, awesome. Well, they should they should switch announcers too. Like they'd go to some rogue wrestler, like WWE announcer, like Mean Gene. What's the guy's name? Mean Gene something. Ogerman. Yeah. Get him into the last the five Well, sorry, we have the voiceover. We have that on RacerX. You can listen to what Vegas would have sounded like if it were a WWF event. <laughs> Highly recommend. Well, that wasn't mean, Gene. But it, it, it was a new guy. It was you did a good job. You did a really good job on that. I, I don't know yeah, anything. About, I don't know anything yeah. about wrestling, but that made me laugh out loud. It was great. <laughs> um, it was one of my proudest moments, honestly, putting the wrestling announcing to that insane Vegas race. Yep. Um. All right, I so, got one story I want to tell here real quick. Yeah. I went over to the flat track race Wait, it's at not the a, Voice of America flat track. It's not a GL story? Uh, it's not a GL story? 
I did get some awesome GL stories, but uh, they will not be repeated on the air. Um, they were great. You know, I said to GL, I go, it's really unfortunate. You are a master of catchphrases. Unfortunately, none of the catchphrases can be used in your actual announcing job. It's really too bad. <laughs> none of them involve racing. <laughs> he said to me, um, he said, he's like, man, he goes, everyone keeps saying schlong schlong shot to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's you did it, bud. You you know, and you 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 coined that phrase from the Pulp Show. So good job. And he's like, yeah, it's getting everyone yells it at me. I'm like, well, there you go. That's that's the power of Pulp. So I go over to the flat track race um, about a half hour away, the Sacramento Mile, but it's too late. The rule calls closed, and they they said they have a credential, but it was long since done. So. I'm like, how am I going to get in? You know, I've told these series people that I'm coming, so I can't no-show because I'm trying to show that I'm dedicated to their product. So I have to bite the bullet and actually buy a general admission walk-around cheapo ticket. And Holy as you know, that hurts smokes. me <laughs> But doubly, I'm like, I'm going to pay this money, but I might not even be able to get to any area where I can even get any information. Like, the idea is to throw down with some riders, talk to some TV people, you know, show that I'm here and learn a few things. And I probably still can't even do that. So I'm going to spend money literally to do nothing. Um, I could watch the race and that's fun, but I could also watch it on TV. Like I'm not going to learn the goal is to talk to people. That's why I'm here. So I can't get in. There's nothing I can do. There's, you know, these bikes go 130 some miles an hour. So you can't really just walk around anyway. So I'm like, I'm screwed. This is pointless. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, hey, Luigi, what's up, man? Hey, hey, what are you doing, man? Where'd you get a pass? Did you get a pass? Jim Holly. <laughs> just out of nowhere. I don't know why he's there. And he's wearing a staff pass. <laughs> and he just gives me his staff pass and just tells me to go nuts. And then he tells me where he is at the end of the night. And I just give him his pass and I just leave. So, Jim Holly. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It's just so classic Jim Holly. I don't know what. It, <laughs> Staff. Of course he's the staff member. Staff. Of course. <laughs> and it wasn't staff of a team. It was Cal Expo, which is the name of the state fairgrounds there. Dude, he, he, he was the staff member for the state fairgrounds he for the evening. probably won some Cal Expo arena crosses for years and years and years. At, at some point, yeah. Right? So Jim bailed me out. It was so classic, Jim. All right, boys. Uh, anything else on the Hangtown? I think that's it. Uh, thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. FlyRacing.com, presented by Alice Alpine Stars. Oh, Protect. shoot. Oh. Word of the day, bros. Word of the day. Oh, yeah. You... It was a disaster. And we just... <laughs> it was a disaster. We... It didn't work. I mean, could no one have told us beforehand? Did no one know that? What? The word that had sexual overtones? <laughs> like... Well, I'm sure you guys knew. I didn't know. I did not know. What do you, you, you did not know donkey punch, what that meant. I knew it was a type of punch to the back of the head. I, I knew it meant, but I thought, thought you guys knew what it meant and were okay with it. So I was like, all right, well, who am I to judge? I thought it was a type of punch, like a roundhouse punch or, or a, yeah, a, a, you know, whatever, a, a, uh, Achilles heel, uh, something, you know, like a type of a, of a punch. Achilles heel doesn't really work, but anyways, um, so yeah, no, I know what you mean, like uppercut or yeah, roundhouse, yeah, roundhouse or uppercut, right? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, packed to the yeah. So that's what I thought, and then people, after listening to last week's podcast, tons of people start saying, "Don't do it! Don't don't say donkey punch! We we don't get fired over this! Don't do it! Please don't do it!" And I'm like, "What is the big deal?" And then finally, someone sends me a link 
to the, I guess, urban dictionary definition. And I'm like, oh, oh. that's not a punch to the back of the head at all. Well, it is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but it involves some other things. So then we had to get out of that. I, I, I cannot get fired over this. Well, but, almost. It's almost worth but it. They but they gave you a word. Uh, and I don't even know what the word was, but you didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, and then it was apparently in Latin, and I'm like, that's not even going to work. So it was a disaster. I, I, I'll take a loss. I'm, I'm, I was Kyle Cunningham for the weekend. Zero points. Didn't finish either moto. Okay. Um, let's go. Uh, uh, putting us on the spot, I just realized it. Um, what was the. Yeah. Uh, what was the. Um, the blimp that crashed in the 40s and caught fire. Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's New Jersey, man. That actually crashed within sight of my where my grandmother currently lives. You can see where it crashed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All about the Hindenburg. Great stuff, Weech. Hmm? Great stuff. Oh, the humanity uh, <laughs> was right there. Those words were uttered practically on our front lawn. Um, what do you think, JT? You got, think, you got something better? Um, hmm. I... I yeah, why not? Did, I don't think there's any windows with the Hindenburg. Or what about Oompa Loompa? Did we do that one? I feel like we did that one, or... I think we did. Sounded familiar. Hindenburg, I think, will be good. It'll definitely be recognizable. I, what I realized with this pullum, which is apparently a Latin term, I'm like, no one's even going right. to like realize they heard it when they heard it. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, we're out. Okay, Hindenburg will work. Yeah. Yeah, why not? All right, so cool. Let's do it. Hindenburg is the word. We just have to squeeze that in with uh, Grant Langston. You can be like Langston's Langston. You're like a Hindenburg right now as he's struggling. Uh, <laughs> all the humanity. That's <laughs> all the humanity. In many ways, <laughs> all the humanity. Langston. Good so time. many ways. I realize I spent so many years working with Jim Holly as my announcing partner, and I'm realizing more and more. I'm like somehow I found like part two. Incredible. <laughs> well, did you say that in a text or in a pod about they uh, their best days? It's it's like Stu or Chad. Was that? Oh, I think it was on the pod. Yeah. Was it on it's the like pod? They, okay, they don't run it. Yeah, yeah, they don't run it as often. They can still do it. It just you don't get it seventeen consecutive weekends yeah. anymore. They can dig deep. Like, they can dig deep, pull it out if they're feeling it, and. You know. So. Yeah, you, wow, you really said Wait, it. wait. <laughs> that's not what I meant. They can put on a performance if they're feeling it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to end the show on that. Yeah. Uh, flyracing.com. Please check out Fly Racing. The official gear of Josh Grant, everybody. And uh, and also uh, Alpine, got Alpine Stars Protect. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you after Glenn Helen. Thanks, boys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,